Welcome to Behind the Bookshelves. My name is Richard Davis, and this Abe Books podcast is dedicated to telling the stories behind books and the people who love them. Today, we're meeting an intern who's spending a summer working for a rare book dealer as part of a new program to promote diversity in rare book selling. This year, the ABAA, that's the Antiquarian Booksellers Association of America, launched a paid internship program that places advanced students or recent graduates who identify as black, indigenous, or people of color with ABAA dealers for a 10-week summer internship to learn the fundamentals of the rare book trade. This is part of a larger ABAA initiative to promote a culture of diversity, equity, and inclusion in the rare book business generally, and the ABAA membership in particular. Our guest is Alba Melgar Say de Baca, who is currently working as an intern at Type Punch Matrix as part of this new program. Type Punch Matrix is a major rare bookselling firm founded by Rebecca Romney and Brian Cassidy, and they are located in Silver Spring, Maryland. So welcome, Alba. Thank you, Richard. Uh, it's great to have the opportunity to visit about my internship. I'm very excited to share uh, what's going on here at Type Punch Matrix and the fabulous opportunity that I've been provided to intern here. Yeah, it's it certainly is an exciting opportunity, and I, I really hope you're having a great summer. But let's start by perhaps you can tell us a little bit about yourself. Yes. Um, as an immigrant in the U.S., I was always taught to value service and education. Um, so it led me to serve almost 30 years, first in the Air Force and then the Army, where I deployed in support of a lot of humanitarian and combat missions around the world. I was really fortunate to serve in a lot of capacities that varied from air traffic control to chemical officer in the terrorism response unit. And that was as a young lieutenant. Since retiring from the military, um, I've led organizations that serve the community. Uh, I currently sit on a number of nonprofit boards. Uh, one of these is the F7 group. I'm the board chair for the F7 group. And we gather resources to support those who serve our communities. In other words, teachers, first responders, first line responders like nurses. Um, and we do things like get grants give grants for master class and we do agriculture training so if any of your listeners are interested in a master class um, they can email intrepid at f7group.com and uh, we'll send them a code for that's directly attached to their email um, my university education started with a BA in biology from the University of Texas and then I sh and then I shifted to get a master's and doctoral degree in quality systems management um, because of my interest in process, interest in process improvement. So I think it would be fair to say you're not the typical intern who comes just after university or perhaps in their last year of university. You've, you've <laughs> seen a lot of things and done a lot of things. I've had a lot of great opportunities, not just um, for employment, but in cultures uh, and meeting people in um, diverse environments. Um, and I'm, I'm very, very grateful for all of those opportunities. And the career fields, the, the current degree that I'm pursuing, uh, Master's of Science in uh, Library Science, um, archiving and digital imaging um, at my university allows me the opportunity to 
go even further. Uh, a lot of the students in my course curriculum are second career students. So I run into a lot of, a lot of similar um, circumstances for students that are in the same program. Um, okay, so perhaps you can tell us a little bit about the internship program. So first of all, how did you learn about this program? So I'm at the University of North Texas and they have a fantastic support system for their um, library science and information science students. Uh, I'm in the Library and Information Science Student Association, and their listserv um, sends out internship opportunities and employment opportunities um, through email. Um, when I first saw the announcement, I was really excited, and I um, spent days uh, going back and forth on my um, letter of inquiry and my cover letter. Uh, and I was just beside myself when I heard that I was going to get the opportunity to interview with the ABAA staff for this opportunity. Wow. And you got it. And well, I really can't think of a, a better firm to be working with than Type Punch Matrix. Um, what, have, what, what have your responsibilities been so far? Uh, well, I agree. Uh, Type Punch Matrix is a fascinating um, rare book firm. And what I've been going through is a thorough apprenticeship in rare books and manuscripts and objects. Um, I've specifically spent a great deal of time um, learning the vocabulary, cataloging, uh, learning about the photography and the importance of it, both to the platform that you load on and the customer that you are um, servicing. Um, I've learned a lot about purchasing and sales and shipping. Um, we spent some time learning about collectors and, and their mindset and what they're looking for. And then lastly, we've, spoke, we've um, sat and chatted a great deal about business operations and the operations of, of the rare book trade as well as the ethical considerations. Um, we, all, we had an opportunity to go to the Library of Congress Rare Books and Special Collections um, and we saw some material that was just absolutely breathtaking. Um, we also had an opportunity to visit one of the largest uh, Sherlockian collectors that lives nearby, and that really helped um, grasp where collectors are, what collectors are thinking and where their mindset is, um, which really helps you to understand your future clients or customers. So it sounds like an apprenticeship squished into a summer. You must be really, really busy. Uh, yes, I'm very busy. Uh, it's very fast-paced, but everyone is incredibly patient. Um, they're super kind. It's a wonderful staff, and they're so knowledgeable um, that every day I'm I'm soaking in so much um, that I take extensive notes uh, so that I can track everything that I've, I'm seeing and then review later, um, and then go over the same notes once I, I get back to to Texas. Right. So perhaps you can mention some of the notable rare books or manuscripts that you've handled so far this summer. It's it's amazing. The variety that um, is held here at Type Punch Matrix and that um, you find in rare books is incredible. Um, so while, while I was reviewing cataloging standards, uh, standards I was able to handle a Robinson Crusoe from 1795 volume. Um, this had woodcut fronts front pieces and vignettes, 
Um, I've spent a lot of time with cataloging children's books and some fabulous illustrators like uh, Maurice Sendak, Stephen Kellogg, Trina Hyman, and those are just so much fun. Um, one of the framed pieces that Type Punch Matrix has that are about to actually place on the wall is a Dr. Seuss illustration um, that's currently valued at about $45,000. And that is just mind-boggling to me um, that the trade has that variety of material and that they run the gamut in uh, prices and value. Wow. So on that first day, or perhaps your first week, what was your first impressions of rare book selling when you started? <laughs> I had watched the Netflix special on rare book trade, and what I thought it was was expensive old dusty books and manuscripts that were sold by older traditional gentlemen um, in tweed, if, <laughs> if at all. But it's quite the contrary at Type Punch Matrix, um, where the diversity of material, thought, and, the, and culture abound, honestly. So no tweed at Type Punch Matrix? No tweed. No tweed. <laughs> no tweed. It'd be a bit hot for tweed right now. <laughs> it's pretty warm for tweed, although there is a, an extensive Sherlockian collection that we're currently working on, and there's a lot of tweed in there. <laughs> I bet. I bet, yeah. So um, with all of this information coming being soaked up by you, um, what has surprised you so far about the work? I've gotten that question a lot, and it's two things. It's one, it's the varied material which I mentioned, because it's anywhere from the 17th century manuscripts to 60s and 70s beats, um, books, and all the way to contemporary comics. Um, so the varied material is one. And the second is the very precise vocabulary that rare book descriptions, uh, condition and provenance require in this trade. So you've mentioned vocabulary twice now. First of all, when you, the things you had to, to, to learn, to grasp, why is it so important? Is it, do you think it's an obstacle for, um, uh, for entry into rare book selling? I don't see it as an obstacle. Perhaps it's perhaps it starts as a challenge, um, and who doesn't like a challenge, right? So, yeah. understanding how to describe the piece that you are holding in your hand precisely, so that you value the piece itself and you value the audience that is looking for it, um, is really really important. So, uh, spending a great deal of time getting the vocabulary correct um, is, is, is very important to, to, to valuing that and on honoring both of those, um, both, both of those lanes. Okay. Now, if this uh, internship wasn't around, if it didn't exist, what would you be doing to gain experience in rare books? I'd put a lot of thought into that previously because when I, w I applied for a number of internships, but honestly, this one was at the top of my list. Um, and I had looked at volunteer opportunities in rare and special books libraries at a uh, university close to my home um, and at the state library uh, nearby. Um, there's also individual study. There are a number of YouTube videos out there. There's nothing exactly comprehensive. Um, Rebecca Romney has a few videos out, YouTube videos, 
and I, I follow one of my, um, one of my coworkers here, um, Ali Alves is book historia on YouTube and Instagram. And she has really great videos that explain rare books and the types of rare books that we work with. Um, and then I also, would have pursued attending the Colorado Antiquarian Book Seminar that's now in Minnesota. Right. I couldn't do that this week because, I mean, this year because I'm, this summer because I'm here, but I fully intend uh, to, to make every effort to try to go to, to CABS, Minnesota next year. Yeah, they all sound like great things. I think Ali's uh, YouTube channel is Book Historia. It's, it's excellent. She does a wonderful job explaining things. She does. Um, it's probably one of the most comprehensive and understandable um, videos, types of videos that are out there. Yeah. So why why are you doing this now? Why are you considering a career in in rare books? Well, uh, as a young, young immigrant, uh, books were really my solace. Um, I had a tough tough time understanding the language and the culture. My parents didn't speak the language. Um, so I realized early on that books contained adventure and knowledge. And if I focused on that and could educate myself, um, that I could advance and persevere. Um, since becoming a library science student, I've really learned the importance of preservation of culture in the written word, culture and history in the written word, um, and that books as objects are truly historical artifacts. And I'd like to be a, a part of preserving that for the future. So all those years you spent in the military, were books part of that, that section of your life, even when you were perhaps overseas? Yes, there are a number of book programs that actually send books to soldiers overseas, and we would receive cases of books that we could share and pass around, and we were really grateful. They were donated uh, either by churches or by um, individuals, and a lot of the time they had um, a little inscription in it that um, thanked us for our service and and gave us uh, hope uh, to to spend the day in, in thoughts of something other than uh, the service that you were in the middle of. <laughs> right. It's, it's funny. I've over the years, I've met numerous booksellers who um, turned to bookselling after a career in the military. And there was one seller from Chicago who was stationed in Germany. And he always knew he was going to be a rare book dealer after his military uh, stint was over. And he would go around the flea markets of Germany looking for rare books that he could pick up uh, for a pittance. And then he'd box them up and ship them home until he, until he came up, became a full-time rare book dealer after his military career was over. Wow, that's wonderful. What advice would you offer people who are considering this internship program in the future? I spoke to a lot of my um, my, my co-students at the University of North Texas when I was applying, and there were so many of them that were interested, but they were intimidated um, by the rare book trade and by the apprenticeship and internship as a whole. Um, but my advice would be don't hesitate to apply. There are so many parallels between 
working with rare books and librarianship um, and, and life and cultures. Um, it's a fascinating field with uh, really great growth and learning opportunities. Um, and I, I would encourage anyone to take a chance to go outside their comfort zone and enjoy this exceptional once-in-a-lifetime apprenticeship opportunity. So your, your, your fellow students, do you think they might be um, intimidated because they're perhaps a little younger and not as experienced as you, as you are? I think they are intimidated by something different. Um, I'm, some of them actually collect books. Many, many, many of them really love books. Um, but I don't think they um, really understand what the rare book trade encompasses um, and what challenges that might face. And the unknown tends to frighten most people. Um, so that can be challenging for them. Now, I will tell you that um, that uh, getting here, uh, we drove uh, 14 hours the first day and eight, and eight hours the second um, in order to take advantage of this um, internship. And I have family that lives nearby, so we had that going for us. Um, but it was absolutely well worth uh, the drive and um, and the, the the jump to Maryland um, to to be able to to be to work at Type Punch Type Punch Matrix on a daily basis. Right. But in reality, it's an extremely welcoming profession, and I, those those people at Type Punch Matrix are lovely, aren't they? They they absolutely are. They're, they're wonderful. The talent, uh, the knowledge, the gift, and the kindness of um, everyone who works here um, has really been astounding. Um, each individual has a gift that they bring to Type Punch Matrix and they're so open to share it um, that I, I'm having a really fantastic time. Excellent. Okay. Uh, so, Alba, our final question, which we ask to all our guests is, um, what book or books are you currently reading? Oh, it's a great question. <laughs> I, I, I usually have two or three books going at the same time. Um, I'm currently reading The Coddling of the American Mind uh, by Jonathan Haidt and Greg Lukianoff. And the other book I'm reading is The Girl in His Shadow uh, by Audrey Blake. And that's um, my favorite genre is historical fiction. And it's um, a book about historical, it's a historical fiction book about a female um, surgeon in the mid 1800s, um, just after the smallpox pandemic in England. Um, both books are incredibly different. Um, both are really, really fascinating and interesting, um, and I would recommend them. Brilliant. Yeah. So I hope that you have a wonderful um, rest of the summer, Albert. Um, continue with your apprenticeship, with your internship. Um, that's all we have time for today. So thank you to Albert Melgar Sedebaka for joining us. Thank you, Richard, and thanks to A-Books and ABAA for this fantastic opportunity. I'm, I'm really enjoying it. Yeah, it's a great program. Uh, Albert Melgar Sedebaka is currently working as an intern at Type Punch Matrix through the ABAA's internship program, which places students or recent graduates who identify as Black, Indigenous, or people of color with ABAA dealers for a 10-week summer internship. 
My name is Richard Davis, and you've been listening to an eight books podcast, and we'll see you all again soon.